Act Two of A Midsummer Night's Dream. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Midsummer Night's Dream by William Shakespeare. Act Two, Scene One A Wood near Athens. Enter from opposite sides. A fairy and puck. How now, spirit, whither wander you? Over hill, over dale, through bush, through briar, over park, over pale, through flood, through fire, I do wander everywhere, swifter than the moonosphere. And I serve the fairy queen to dew her orbs upon the green. The cowslips tall her pensioners be, in their gold coats spots you see. Those be rubies' fairy favours, in those freckles live their savours. I must go seek some dewdrops here, and hang a pearl in every cowslip's ear. Farewell, thou lob of spirits, I'll be gone, our queen and all our elves come here anon. The king doth keep his rebels here to-night. Take heed the queen, come not within his sight. For Oberon is passing fell and wroth, because she as her attendant hath a lovely boy stolen from an Indian king. She never had so sweet a changeling, and jealous Oberon would have the child knight of his train to trace the forests wild. But she perforce withholds the loved boy, crowns him with flowers, and makes him all her joy. And now they never meet in grove or green, by fountain clear or spangled starlight sheen. But they do swear that all their elves for fear creep into acorn cups and hide them there. Either I mistake your shape and making quite, or else you are that shrewd and knavish sprite, called Robin Goodfellow. Are you not he that frightens the maids of the villagery? Skim-milk can sometimes labour in the kern, and bootless make the breathless housewife churn, and sometimes make the drink to bear no balm. Mislead night-wanderers laughing at their harm. Those that hobgoblin call you and sweet puck. You do their work, and they shall have good luck. Are not you he? Thou speak'st aright. I am that merry wanderer of the night. I jest to Oberon and make him smile, when I a fat and bean-fed horse beguile, neighing in likeness of a filly foal. And sometime lurk I in a gossip's bowl, in very likeness of a roasted crab, and when she drinks, against her lips I bob, and on her withered dewlap pour the ale. The wisest aunt, telling the saddest tale, sometime for three-foot stool mistaketh me. Then slip I from her bum, down topples she, and Taylor cries, and falls into a cough. And then the whole choir hold their hips and laugh, and waxen in their mirth and knees, and swear a merrier hour was never wasted there. But room, fairy, here comes Oberon. And here, my mistress, would that he were gone. Enter from one side Oberon with his train, from the other Titania with hers. Ill met by moonlight, proud Titania. What? Jealous Oberon? Fairies, skip hence. I have forsworn his bed and company. Tarry, rash wanton. Am not I thy lord? Then I must be thy lady. But I know, when thou hast stolen away from fairyland, and in the shape of Corin sat all day, playing on pipes of corn and versing love to amorous Phyllida. Why art thou here, come from the farthest step of India? But that, forsooth, the bouncing Amazon, your buskined mistress and your warrior love, to Theseus must be wedded, 
and you come to give their bed joy and prosperity. How canst thou thus for shame, Titania, glance at my credit with Hippolyta, knowing I know thy love to Theseus? Didst thou not lead him through the glimmering night from Perigenia, whom he ravished, and make him with fair Aegle break his faith with Ariadne and Antiopa? These are the forgeries of jealousy, and never since the middle summer spring met we on hill, in dale, forest or mead, by paved fountain or by rushy brook, or in the beached margent of the sea, to dance our ringlets to the whistling wind, but with thy brawls thou hast disturbed our sport. Therefore the winds, piping to us in vain, as in revenge, have sucked up from the sea contagious fogs, which falling in the land have every pelting river made so proud that they have overborne their continents. The ox hath therefore stretched his yoke in vain, the ploughman lost his sweat, and the green corn hath rotted ere his youth attained a beard. The fold stands empty in the drowned field, the crows are fatted with the Murrian flock, the nine men's morris is filled up with mud, and the quaint mazes in the wanton green, for lack of tread, are undistinguishable. The human mortals want their winter here. No night is now with him or Carol blessed. Therefore the moon, the governess of floods, pale in her anger, washes all the air, that rheumatic diseases do abound. And thorough this distemperature we see the seasons alter. Hoary-headed frosts, far in the fresh lap of the crimson rose, and on old Hyam's thin and icy crown, an odorous chaplet of sweet summer buds, is, as in mockery, set. The spring, the summer, the childing autumn, angry winter, change their wanted liveries, and the mazed world, by their increase, now knows not which is which. And this same progeny of evils comes from our debate, from our dissension. We are their parents and original. Do you amend it, then? It lies in you. Why should Titania cross her Oberon? I do but beg a little changeling boy to be my henchman. Set your heart at rest. The fairyland buys not the child of me. His mother was a votaress of my order, and, in the spiced Indian air by night, full often hath she gossiped by my side, and sat with me on Neptune's yellow sands, marking the embarked traders on the flood, when we have laughed to see the sails conceive, and grow big-bellied with the wanton wind, which she, with pretty and with swimming gait following, her womb then rich with my young squire, would imitate and sail upon the land to fetch me trifles, and return again, as from a voyage, rich with merchandise. But she, being mortal, of that boy did die, and for her sake do I rear up her boy, and for her sake I will not part with him. How long within this wood intend you stay? Perchance till after Theseus's wedding-day. If you will patiently dance in our round, and see our moonlight revels, go with us. If not, shun me, and I will spare your haunts. Give me that boy, and I will go with thee. Not for thy fairy kingdom. Fair is away. We shall chide downright if I longer stay. Exit Titania with her train. 
Well, go thy way. Thou shalt not from this grove till I torment thee for this injury. My gentle puck, come hither. Thou rememberest since once I sat upon a promontory, and heard a mermaid on a dolphin's back, uttering such dulcet and harmonious breath, that the rude sea grew civil at her song, and certain stars shot madly from their spheres, to hear the sea-maid's music. I remember. That very time I saw, but thou couldst not, flying between the cold moon and the earth, Cupid all armed. A certain aim he took at a fair vestal throne by the west, and loosed his love-shaft smartly from his bow, as it should pierce a hundred thousand hearts. But I might see young Cupid's fiery shaft quenched in the chaste beams of the watery moon, and the imperial votaress pass on, in maiden meditation fancy free. Yet marked I where the bolt of Cupid fell. It fell upon a little western flower, before milk-white, now purple with love's wound, and maidens call it love in idleness. Fetch me that flower, the herb I showed thee once. The juice of it on sleeping eyelids laid will make or man or woman madly dote upon the next live creature that it sees. Fetch me this herb, and be thou here again, ere the leviathan can swim a league. I'll put a girdle round the earth in forty minutes. Exit. Having once this juice, I'll watch Titania when she is asleep, and drop the liquor of it in her eyes. The next thing, then, she waking looks upon, be it on lion, bear, or wolf, or bull, on meddling monkey, or on busy ape, she shall pursue it with the soul of love. And ere I take this charm from off her sight, as I can take it with another herb, I'll make her render up her page to me. But who comes here? I am invisible, and I will overhear their conference. Enter Demetrius, Helena, following him. I love thee not, therefore pursue me not. Where is Lysander and fair Hermia? The one I'll slay, and the other slayeth me. Thou toldest me they were stolen unto this wood, and here am I, and woed within this wood, because I cannot meet my Hermia. Hence get thee gone, and follow me no more. You draw me, you hard-hearted adamant, but yet you draw not iron, for my heart is true as steel. Leave you your power to draw, and I shall have no power to follow you. Do I entice you? Do I speak you fair? Or rather do I not, in plainest truth, tell you I do not, nor I cannot love you? And even for that do I love you the more. I am your spaniel, and Demetrius, the more you beat me, I will fawn on you. Use me but as your spaniel. Spurn me, strike me, neglect me, lose me, only give me leave, unworthy as I am to follow you. What worser place can I beg in your love, and yet a place of high respect with me, than to be used as you use your dog? Tempt not too much the hatred of my spirit, for I am sick when I do look on thee. And I am sick when I look not on you. You do impeach your modesty too much, to leave the city and commit yourself into the hands of one that loves you not, to trust the opportunity of night and the ill counsel of a desert place with the rich worth of your virginity? Your virtue is my privilege, for that it is not night when I do see your face. Therefore I think I am not in the night, nor doth this wood lack worlds of company, for you in my respect are all the world. Then how can it be said I am alone when all the world is here to look on me? 
I'll run from thee and hide me in the brakes, and leave thee to the mercy of wild beasts. The wildest hath not such a heart as you. Run when you will, the story shall be changed. Apollo flies, and Daphne holds the chase. The dove pursues the griffin, the mild hind makes speed to catch the tiger. Bootless speed, when cowardice pursues and valor flies. I will not stay thy questions. Let me go. For if thou follow me, do not believe, but I shall do thee mischief in the wood. Aye, in the temple, in the town, the field you do me mischief. Fie, Demetrius, your wrongs do set a scandal on my sex. We cannot fight for love as men may do. We should be wooed, and we're not made to woo. Exit Demetrius. I'll follow thee, and make a heaven of hell, to die upon the hand I love so well. Exit. Fare thee well, nymph. Ere he do leave this grove, thou shalt fly him, and he shall seek thy love. Re-enter Puck. Hast thou the flower there? Welcome, wanderer. Aye, there it is. I pray thee, give it me. I know a bank where the wild thyme blows, where oxlips and the nodding violet grows, quite over-canopied with luscious woodbine, with sweet musk roses and with elegantine. There sleeps Titania some time of the night, lulled in these flowers with dances and delight, and there the snake throws her enameled skin, weed wide enough to wrap a fairy in. And with the juice of this I'll streak her eyes, and make her full of hateful fantasies. Take thou some of it, and seek through this grove. A sweet Athenian lady is in love with a disdainful youth. Anoint his eyes, but do it when the next thing he espies may be the lady. Thou shalt know the man by the Athenian garments he hath on. Effect it with some care, that he may prove more fond of her than she upon her love. And look thou meet me ere the first cock crow. Fear not, my lord, your servant shall do so. Exeunt. Scene two. Another part of the wood. Enter Titania with her train. Come, now a roundlin of fairy song. Then, for the third part of a minute, hence. Some to kill cankers in the musk rosebuds. Some war with rare mice for their leathern wings to make my small elves coats. And some keep back the clamorous owl that nightly hoots and wonders at our quaint spirits. Sing me now asleep, then to your offices, and let me rest. You spotted snakes with double tongues, thorny hedgehogs be not seen, mutes and blind worms do no wrong, come not near our fairy queen. Fill a bell with melody, singing our sweet lullaby, Sense, beaches back, approach not near. 
Exeunt fairies. Titania sleeps. Enter Oberon and squeezes the flower on Titania's eyelids. What thou seest when thou dost wake, do it for thy true love take, love and languish for his sake, be it ounce or cat or bear, pard or boar with bristled hair, in thy eye that shall appear, when thou wakest it is thy dear. Wake when some vile thing is near. Exit. Enter Lysander and Hermia. Fair love, you faint with wandering in the wood, and, to speak troth, I have forgot our way. We'll rest us, Hermia, if you think it good, and tarry for the comfort of the day. Be it so, Lysander, find you out a bed, for I upon this bank will rest my head. One turf shall serve as pillow for us both, one heart, one bed, two bosoms, and one troth. Nay, good Lysander, for my sake, my dear, lie further off yet, do not lie so near. Oh, take the sense, sweet, of my innocence. Love takes the meaning in love's conference. I mean that my heart unto yours is knit, so that but one heart we can make of it. Two bosoms interchained with an oath, so then two bosoms and a single troth. Then by your side no bedroom me deny, for lying so, Hermia, I do not lie. Lysander riddles very prettily. Now much beshrew my manners and my pride, if Hermia meant to say Lysander lied. But, gentle friend, for love and courtesy, lie further off. In human modesty, such separation, as may well be said, becomes a virtuous bachelor and a maid. So far be distant, and good night, sweet friend, thy love ne'er alter till thy sweet life end. Amen, amen to that fair prayer, say I, and then end life when I end loyalty. Here is my bed. Sleep give thee all his rest. With half that wish the wisher's eyes be pressed. They sleep. Enter Puck. Through the forest have I gone, but Athenian found I none on whose eyes I might approve this flower's force in stirring love. Night and silence. Who is here? Weeds of Athens he doth wear. This is he, my master said, despised the Athenian maid. And here the maiden sleeping sound on the dank and dirty ground. Pretty soul! She durst not lie near this lack-love, this kill-courtesy. Churl, upon thy eyes I throw all the power this charm doth owe. When thou wak'st, let love forbid sleep his seat on thy eyelid. So awake when I am gone, for I must now to Oberon. Exit. Enter Demetrius and Helena, running. Stay, though thou kill me, sweet Demetrius. 
I charge thee, hence, and do not haunt me thus. Oh, wilt thou, darkling, leave me? Do not so. Stay on thy peril. I alone will go. Exit. Oh, I am out of breath in this fond chase. The more my prayer, the lesser is my grace. Happy is Hermia, wheresoe'er she lies, for she hath blessed and attractive eyes. How came her eyes so bright? Not with salt tears. If so, my eyes are oftener washed than hers. No, no, I am as ugly as a bear, for beasts that meet me run away for fear. Therefore no marvel, though Demetrius do, as a monster, fly my presence thus. What wicked and dissembling glass of mine made me compare with Hermia's spherine? But who is here? Lysander, on the ground? Dead or asleep? I, I see no blood, no wound. Lysander, if you live, good sir, awake. And run through fire I will for thy sweet sake. Transparent Helena, nature shows art that through thy bosom makes me see thy heart. Where is Demetrius? Oh, how fit a word is that vile name to perish on my sword. Do not say so, Lysander, say not so. What, though he love your Hermia, Lord, what though? Yet Hermia still loves you, then be content. Content with Hermia? No, I do repent the tedious minutes I with her have spent. Not Hermia, but Helena I love. Who will not change a raven for a dove? The will of man is by his reason swayed, and reason says you are the worthier maid. Things growing are not ripe until their season, so I, being young till now, ripe not to reason, and touching now the point of human skill, reason becomes the marshal to my will and leads me to your eyes. Where I o'erlook, Love's stories written in love's richest book. Wherefore was I to this keen mockery born? When at your hands did I deserve this scorn? Is not enough, is not enough, young man, that I did never know, nor never can deserve a sweet look from Demetrius's eye. But you must flout my insufficiency? Good troth, you do me wrong, good sooth you do, in such a disdainful manner me to woo. But fare you well, perforce I must confess, I thought you lord of more true gentleness. Oh, that a lady of one man refused should of another therefore be abused. Exit. She sees not Hermia. Hermia, sleep thou there, and never mayest thou come Lysander near, for as a surfeit of the sweetest things the deepest loathing to the stomach brings, or as tie heresies that men do leave are hated most of those they did deceive, so thou, my surfeit and my heresy of all be hated, but the most of me. And all my powers address your love and might to honor Helen and to be her knight. Exit. Help me, Lysander, help me. Do thy best to pluck this crawling serpent from my breast. Ay, me, for pity, what a dream was here. Lysander, look how I do quake with fear. Methought a serpent eat my heart away and you sat smiling at his cruel prey. Lysander! What? Removed? Lysander! Lord! What? Out of hearing? Gone? No sound? No word? Alack! Where are you? Speak, and if you hear, speak of all loves. I swoon almost with fear. 
No? Then I well perceive you are not nigh. Either death or you I'll find immediately. Exit. End of Act Two of A Midsummer Night's Dream.